the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head on over to prizefix.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. And next, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that allows you to sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head on over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And while you're downloading apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts right there in the palm of your hand. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Hi, yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 99. And of course, I had my dedication for this episode planned well in advance because 99 is an iconic number, especially if you're Canadian where hockey is king up here. So, of course, 99 goes out to uh, what, what else? What can I tell you about this man? What hasn't he done? Multi time NHL All Star, one of the last players actually in the NHL to wear number 99. Um, of course, talking about the one, the only, Wilf Paymont. So this goes out to, to Wilf Paymont, multi-time NHL All-Star, war number 99. All a true story. Swerve, everybody, swerve. Hi, I'm Jeff Fox, your host. How you doing? Uh, some people call me Juicy Jeff or Juicy J or Juicy or a lot of other things. Actually, no one really calls me that. On this podcast, we call me that. That's, that's the only spot. I'm thinking if this podcast was... A morning show, I think a good name for it would be Gumby and the Juice. And notice I give my associate co-host the um, the top billing on that because he's been kicking my ass the past few weeks, to, to put it bluntly, with his picks. But we got one more week, one more UFC event for 2021, which we'll be breaking down this episode of the podcast for you before uh, we hit our monumental 100th episode. And I'm sure my co-host has tons planned for that because we do lots of planning for this podcast, so uh, months in advance. So I'm sure he has lots of good things planned for that. Let's uh, let's bring him into the fray here. Uh, The Gumby of the Gumby and Juice uh, combo, he would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. I want to do an honorary shout-out for number 99, too, because... uh, Not Will Paymont? Not Will Paymont. One of the only professional athletes that came out of the same high school as I did. Granted, not at the same time. Uh, but one of the only professional athletes that ever came out of the high school that I graduated with wore number 99 regularly in the major leagues for almost a decade. Do you know which no. famous major leaguer uh, wore number what 99? What decade are we talking? 
So he, uh, so let's it's see. a he. Okay, that's the first tip. Okay. That, that's a, that's a little bit of help right there. In case you uh, in case you want to use that to your advantage, he was playing during my youth. Um, I want to say he probably retired in the early two thousands and played pretty much all through the nineties. Um, and like I said, mm. I think it was for right around a decade. He played in the majors, like he was in the majors for a decade. And he never wore a number that was not 99. What teams did he play for? Um, he, I remember him as a Met and a Philly, and I want to say he was briefly on the Rockies, and there might be another team in there that I'm missing. No idea. Turk, Turk Wendell is his I name. I do know that name. <laughs> yeah. He was like a nut job relief pitcher for the Mets yep. who wore like a bear claw necklace while he pitched and like – brushed his teeth in between innings and had all these weird superstitions, but he always wore the number 99 and every single one of his contracts in the major leagues, the uh, average annual value always ended in 99 cents. So oh, like one, one year he signed like a deal with the, the Phillies that paid him like 850,000 in 99 cents. <laughs> so he's a weirdo just like you. Yeah. Stuff your, your stuff in the water, eh? That, that's, what, that's what we got uh, that we're repping right there. Turk Wendell. So not, that concludes our uh, weekly edition of Guess the M- MLB Player. So uh, I, I didn't win this, didn't win this week, but actually it's not weekly. It's, bi- it's uh, bi-weekly. Actually, what do you say when it's twice weekly? Is it bi-weekly? No, bi-weekly is every two weeks. What if it's twice a week, Dan? What do you call I, that? I don't, I don't know that I'm good at this one. No. Anyhow, multi, we'll, we'll, multi- we'll be back weekly? next week. <laughs> sure. Sure, multi-weekly episode. Uh, hopefully uh, next time I'll, I'll try to stump Dan. And that's uh, – we do have – I checked, man. It's it gets a little scary after next episode, Dan. <laughs> episode one hundred, episode one hundred. We have we'll be recapping our UFC picks, and we'll have our big one hundredth episode extravaganza. Um, but then after that, ugh, it gets a little dicey. We got like six shows <laughs> with nothing, <laughs> with no events going on, unless we want to break down one in Ryzen uh, New Year's Eve events and a one event on the fourteenth. Um, yeah. So I think we'll be doing lots of year in reviews and um, and weight class recaps, and which those episodes actually are fun to do. So it should be good. Um, not not trying to uh, not trying to short shift us here. Um, our listeners will have a good time still. Uh, but if anyone does have any topics or questions they would like us to to cover in those six episodes, if, uh, to, to allow us to do less thinking, then. Uh, Twitter, Jeff Fox, writer, or Gumby Vreeland, or hit us up on the Slack channel, SGPN Slack channel, which is lots of fun. So, yeah, that just came into my head. But, yeah, it's, um, as I said, off the top, this is it, Dan. 2021, uh, we put a bow on it with this week's Fight Night card. Your 20 correct picks behind me and with only 14 fights, so I've got that part wrapped up. But you're only, what, like a little over it's about 350 bucks behind me, 360 bucks very, behind me. Very doable. Very doable. Since you, yeah, you gain – basically, if you gain what you gained last week, you win. If you gain what you gained the week before, you win. Um, so and if you gained what you gained the week before that, you wow, three weeks in a row, you've gained, <laughs> you've gained about 300 bucks. So, yeah, you're – so I'm thinking um, – I'm going to let you make all the picks first this week, and then <laughs> we'll – And I'll just tell them all. Actually, full disclosure, I've already started writing the preview article for the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. Uh, I've already – I usually don't write it till after we, we speak. 
because um, it helps me get my, my thoughts together and helps me copy your thoughts on things. But um, I've already d- written at least the main card I have done. So I'm, and I'm too lazy to actually go and edit and rewrite things if I do, if you do try to persuade me. So at least for the main card, I am locked in. So I will not well, be telling you at all. I don't want to persuade you on any of these. As a matter of fact, my arguments will be as bad as ever, hoping you don't uh, so that I can, I can sneak this out. Per- basically, that's uh, what I'm saying. I'm uh, I'm the king of picks, obviously, on this podcast, uh, based on the results. But I sound like the dumb guy, right? You sound like you know what you're talking about, but you're really the dumb guy. Based on I don't stats, right? I don't think I don't think I'm the <laughs> dumb guy. I think uh, I I think I think the DJs all out there all want the person picking uh, the correct 300 and 400 underdogs all the time and hitting 1300 parlays. So. I, I'm thinking that's what we'll – we can probably talk about that in the six episodes where we have nothing planned, but also like episode 100, maybe we'll talk about Dan, our favorite picks that Dan made. Um, I don't remember any of my picks other than picking Derek <laughs> Minner to beat Ryan Hall. I, other than, other sure than I nailing that. I'll make sure I get the sound clip of you saying he's a better crap. <laughs> other than nailing that, I don't really remember many more of my picks, but I do remember Dan's picks, so maybe we'll uh, – We'll have a uh, walk down memory lane, and Dan can talk about his favorite picks. Um, one of them is fighting. One of them we will be breaking out a fight on in just a few short minutes. Um, and was that the biggest one you hit? No, you you hit bigger ones than GM three, did you not? No, I think GM three was, was the biggest, biggest one because I think he was plus four fifty five or something like that. Like he was a massive underdog in that fight, and not for a good reason either. Yes. Um, Speaking of that, I'm I'm tired of the whole was that the biggest upset of all time debate with Juliana Pena. Like, who really cares? I don't really care. She won. Like, I don't really care. I like I I I get tired of things. I I just had this conversation on uh, this week's episode of the Top Turn on the podcast as well. And another uh, spouse, Shockwave Dave, boo, with with my other spouse, Shockwave Dave, and and he actually made a pretty good point. If like we had high expectations for Juliana Pena. Like when yeah, she, well, she won the Ultimate Fighter and everything. Yeah, yeah, she won the Ultimate Fighter and everybody was like, "Future champ, killing it." So like, if we thought that about her once upon a time, it's not the biggest upset. Um, See, you, now, you know, like, I didn't want to do this, Dan, and now you're doing it. I just complained <laughs> about this, and I just told you I just talked about <laughs> it. So let's move on. <laughs> and now you're talking about it again. It wasn't the biggest upset, no. <laughs> no what Dan def- said. De- definitely not. No. Anyhow, that that was. Uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to think if there's any other news. Um, that was the big thing, um, obviously. And then all the um, – I, w- I want to say dirtbag fighters, but basically all the fighters do this after fights happen. All the fighters who weren't involved in it try to attach themselves to, to the winners by talking trash on Twitter and whatnot and try to talk themselves into fights. So all that happened too. Um, did you uh, hear about for us? Uh, for us, our our king. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> the Canadian, yeah, like the Canadian, uh, our greatest MMA coach in Canada. He's um, sounding a lot like a homophobe with some comments he's making, which is quite a, disappointing to hear. We don't really need to, to um, dive into it, but that was a little disappointing to hear from a fellow Canadian. We're supposed to be open-minded and loving up here, but I I know I know, and you know. I said I'm yeah. not a fan of Colby Covington, but here's a yeah. hot take. I'm not sure Colby Covington has said a single worse thing than Firas. No, no, no. No, his, like, yeah. It's, like, um, even his, even through all of the shtick and whether or not you think it's a shtick, let, let's even say it's not a shtick and it's all 
actually Colby Covington's beliefs. I'm trying to think if I can think of a single worse thing he said, and I can't. And that is painful. You mean him telling his kids uh, there's gay people out there, but you're not gay? You understand that? You're not gay? That's not, that's that, that's worse than something Colby said? There, there oh, poor gay, kids. There are gay people out there is one of the wildest. <laughs> like, it's a true statement. And also, statement. doesn't he, true. Didn't he say something terrible like, there are gay people out there. You will see them. Yes, like, yes, 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 yes. Holy shit, man. What and, is wrong with Montreal is a very uh, multicultural, multi-sexual orientation type yeah, city. It's not a, like it's a, a, a it's little a backwater. City. Right, right. It's a progressive city. It's not, like he's, <laughs> it's not like he's living in the backwaters of Alabama or something like that. And I say that as somebody oh, burn. Who, who for a short period of time lived in the backwaters of Alabama. Or, Did you for real? I, I yeah, think we know that story. I, I lived in uh, parts of Alabama and Louisiana for my life. Um you don't hear the Southern drawl because it wasn't for uh, it wasn't for like an extended period of time in a row because I was oh man this might be revealing too much about myself because when I was a kid I was homeschooled uh, up until yep, high school. We know that. Um, I'm not sure I've shared that on here, but I was homeschooled yes, up have. until I was. Have I really we talked about that a bunch of times? Okay, so I've yes. already told you that. So I was homeschooled up until high school, which meant um, that my family. Uh, was not tied to when their kids had to go to school. And my dad uh, works a construction job that basically doesn't work during the winter. So during the winter, to avoid the winter, we would go live with my uncle and aunt. In uh, For a while, they lived in Picayune, Louisiana, um, and a little bit in Pecan Island, Louisiana. Uh, and then they moved to a couple of different places in Alabama as well. So, yeah, we, like, lived with them for, like, four or five months at a time uh, to avoid winters for a little bit. So I was – uh, Wow. Yeah. Were you going to make fun of the way I said no. Pecan Island? Cause I, no. That's no, always, aunt. Like, oh. no, I was going to make fun of the aunt thing because <laughs> guarantee you're the only person who ever stepped foot in Alabama who says aunt and not aunt. That, that's <laughs> yeah. aunt. That's far too uh, – actually well, – this turned oh. into crapping on Alabama for some reason. We were crapping on Faraz. Plenty of people in Alabama crapped on me for the way that I said words because yep. <laughs> turns out, despite the fact that I spent a pretty substantial chunk of time uh, in the bayou, they uh, I did not pick up enough of their vernacular for their liking. So uh, I stuck I stuck out fairly significantly down there. Go figure. Your uh, overalls had two buttons on it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so yeah you, exactly. Both straps were up. Yeah, Farmer, oh, Fran, Farmer, Farmer Fran thought I talked too clearly. You're totally our Cletus. <laughs> I, I, I think you take umbrage when I make the Cletus jokes, but now this is even more. I, I prefer even more I prefer now. Farmer I prefer Farmer Fran from uh, from the Water Boy. That's my go-to. Okay, right, right, right. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, now the Adam Sandler movie, two weeks in a row, guys. <laughs> Three weeks in a row, I guess. I, actually, I'm not sure if we. I think we were mad at Randy Costa last episode, so I don't think we talked about it. <laughs> so, hence. So, anyhow, this we should be saving all this nonsense for when we have no content. We actually have content this week, right? So, I'll, I'll, Dan in the Bayou. I, I can't gump Bayou. That's not um, steal a phrase from another podcaster. All right. Anything else you want to um, let people know? We know. Um, so, for us, we can't cheer for him anymore. Um, anything else happened that I'm, I'm missing on here? I don't think anything else exciting happened, right? I think think we just got to get to the good stuff now. Let's get to the good stuff. This is actually a good event. We got, what, back-to-back good fight nights, right? Because the one before this, before UFC 269 was a good event, too. So UFC are ending things with a bang. But 
who knows? Like, um, the way things are headed, everything's getting shut down again here in Canada. So the way things are headed, um, um, fingers crossed these these 14 fights actually play out on Saturday because things seem to be getting wild out there. Wild and wooly out there again. All right, before we get into this event, let's, let me tell you about Tick Pick. Tick, everybody. T-I-C-K, okay? Uh, college football's championship weekend is behind us, but bowl season is almost upon us. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite team play in their bowl game this winter because Tick Pick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all tickets for NCAA football, NFL, concerts, NBA, and more. I think we're going to use Tick Pick, and we're going to go to Alabama and see Alabama play football since that's uh, your second hometown. I didn't realize, Dan. And that's on that's on New Year's Eve, too. So, oh, it's uh, not in Alabama, though, is it? Oh, no, probably not. That's the bowl games are elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyhow, we should go see Alabama, or are you more of an LSU guy since you're Louisiana also? No, even though my uncle was uh, mostly lived in Louisiana, they were uh, already Alabama people. Al- Alabama wins. <laughs> Alabamians. All right, Alabama. Well, we're going to go watch Alabama from uh, Tick Pick in our imaginary world here. Uh, Tick Pick got rid of all those office service fees. That's why awful service fees. That's why we're using it. That the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all their college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better tickets for the same seats on another site, Tick Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Visit Tick Pick today. That's T-A-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash S-G-P. TickPick dot com slash S-G-P today. I have to spell out Tick Pick so you don't think it's something that Dan likes to send out on Twitter. It's T-I-C-K Pick. Okay? Okay. Yeah, you better laugh at that. People uh, yeah. are gonna think it's real. If you don't laugh, people will think it's real, Dan. <laughs> I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody here. And I'm guessing a lot of people who who do listen to this show follow me on Twitter. I I can't imagine anybody has like gone to my Twitter and been like, oh look, hey, there's a there's a there's a, a post about you know a fun grappler and pretty much that's yep. it. <laughs> yep, exactly. There's no thirst traps on Dan's uh, Twitter feed. All right. Um, Prize picks. Let me tell you about prize picks too. Um, before we get too deep into this here show, into this nonsense. Prize picks. Easy way to play. Daily fantasy. Daily fantasy simplified. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on your entry. Use promo code SGP and receive a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. It's just you versus the projected numbers here. Prize picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. Price picks are allows mixed sport entries. For example, you can take the over on LeBron, who Dan just said made a really cool blocked shot uh, before we went on the air. Combined with the under on Mahomes. Did Mahomes? No, he's not doing anything today, right? They're not, no, they're he's, not playing he's, on Wednesday. He's, playing, he's, playing, he's playing on Thursday, though. Oh, so he's not filming a um, a hair conditioner commercial? He's actually Pro- going to play football? <laughs> Probably not. Probably he not. Doing, okay. Maybe he he's doing, doing that, that too. He might be doing yep. that, too. So if you want to take the under on how many ads Mahomes is uh, recording today and the over on how many blocks LeBron has, you can do that. Same entry, mixed sports, no problem. We're all about mixed sports in MMA. PriceFix offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. PriceFix has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. PriceFix is 4.8 star rated on the App Store with rave reviews. Some jerk gave it, didn't give it a five-star, that means. PriceFix entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PriceFix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. PriceFix.com, promo code SGP for the 100% deposit match. Now I'm putting Dan on the spot. What are you using PriceFix for? Dan, go. 
So we got MMA lines already on price picks because oh, they're ahead okay. of the game and they're up on awesome. that. I'm going to take the over on the fight time for Justin Taffa. Uh, they've got his fight with Harry Hunsucker ending in the first round. So being five, minutes or on, five minutes or under. I actually think that one's going to go a little bit longer than one round. I think maybe there might be a stoppage in the second and we'll talk about our pick later. But yeah, I'm going to take the over on that fight time. Um, I'm also going to take the over on Justin Taffa's significant strikes because it's only got him at 22 and a half. So they must think he's going to end it quick. I think he's going to put a little bit more volume on there. So I'm going to add that one in there. And for a third one, I'm going to go with Ricky Simon takedowns. Uh, they've got him at two and a half. I think he gets at least three. There you go. Prize picks. Use promo code SGP. Follow Tail Dan because... He thinks he knows what he's talking about. He sounds like he knows what he's talking about, which is the key for any, um, you know, salesman, weasel, you know, snake oil salesman. You sound like you know what you're talking about, Dan. But the I, stats say I, I, I am winning. <laughs> <laughs> I know you think, uh, plus you believe, but you're like Costanza in Seinfeld where he, the uh, lie detector test. Are you a Seinfeld fan, Dan? Yeah, I am a Seinfeld fan. Okay. The lie detector test where, where he says you can beat lie detector if you believe just believe what you're saying, then you can beat the lie detector test. That's what Dan, he believes he's good. Okay. I do. I, I do. I'm hitting big Stop. underdogs, and I'm going to hit a bunch here. Oh, he's going to hit them. Yeah. The, okay, I asked you this in the SGPN Slack, but I for uh, you didn't – you failed to answer, which probably is uh, incriminating on, on your behalf. But are you just taking wild stabs at underdogs so you can catch up to me, Dan? Because this doing, week are people are just no, just in general. The past few no, weeks, no, 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 no. I, I I felt like I had really good beats in the last couple of weeks. Well, yeah, it, like, in retrospect, you did, yes. Yeah, well, in, yeah, and in retrospect, I did, but also like just leading up to these events, I've been like, oh, I've got a couple here that are probably good, and I have, I have a couple on this card that I feel pretty pretty good about. So, um, you'll have to see whether or not you match up with some of them. Pretty pretty. Good. <laughs> I haven't watched the season yet. Have you watched the season of Curb yet, Dan? No, I don't. I didn't really get into Curb. That's another. No. Remember, oh, I've always boy. told you that I like. Oh yeah, I think you told that me. I'm like not really into them, and then I stop watching right. them because I. That's uh, Curb was one of them. Um, yeah, just not for me. When you're when you're watching like Final Fight 2000 and episode 2058 from someplace in georgia not georgia the states georgia the country you're busy <laughs> watching that stuff you don't have much time for for tv shows right correct 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 <laughs> all right let's do this so i just want to make sure you weren't you're you weren't being reckless on behalf of our because you have a very large following on online on sgpn you have a lot of acolytes i would like to call them um who hang on you every word so i want to make sure you're not going on tilt to try to beat the mighty jeff fox and leading these people astray no, no, I'm, I'm glad they're following me because they're winning money if they're doing that. It's true. The past few weeks, they have been winning money. All right, it's this week. We've wasted more than enough time on this nonsense. We, maybe we should clip. Can we clip the first 20 minutes? We'll just add it to next week's or the week after that. <laughs> Might be a better idea. All right, this is a big boy, chunky guy main event, which we got to love. We've kind of gone away. The chunky guy, we were all about the chunky guys for a while there, but it's, I'm thinking – we haven't changed. I'm thinking the UFC has changed. They haven't been giving us enough yeah, chunky yeah, guys. Yeah, we, we didn't get a lot of chunky guys for a while. No, but they were all grouped up there. But um, this is UFC Fight Night. Lewis versus Dawkins, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night 199, a.k.a. UFC and ESPN Plus 57, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 45. A little hint, if you have a word count and you're writing uh, and you have a assi writing assignment, mention all the names for it because that eats up a lot of words. 
Okay, Dan, <laughs> just in case you have a, a, an employer that make, makes you write a certain number of words, then there you go. Um, all right, this is from the UFC Apex. Surprise, surprise. This Saturday, December 18th. Where is the UFC Apex located, Dan? Have you it's learned in, it that it's yet? In, uh, is it Paradise, Nevada? Enter, Enterprise. But, Enterprise. Yeah, Paradise, <laughs> yeah, one of, one the, of those the, ones. <laughs> yes, the, the rental car. The name after, it's named after the rental car place, I believe. Um, all right. Uh, it's, I'm doing the start times off the top of my head, which I did the fight card on M- MMA Manifesto. I mean, A-Manifesto.com. I think it's, I think it's 4, 4 p.m. If I'm not You're right. Thinking. 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. So 4 p.m. prelims, ESPN+, Plus, 7 p.m. main card, ESPN+. Plus. So. If Dan and I both think it's that, then it's definitely that. All right. So that's words to live by here. If Dan and I are both in on a pick, then it's going to be right. Maybe I should follow those stats. Maybe I should uh, I could track that for the year. How many times, if we're all both in on the same guy, how many times, or gal, How many? Uh, what's our winning percentage? It's probably pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about in the new year, and maybe, again, we should have saved this for a different show about what we're planning on tracking. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to track uh, my record just purely on underdogs I picked. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was planning on that being one of our topics. Just different. Is there other stats I should be I should be tracking, or or both of us can be tracking? Is there is there any? Or can I break down the stat categories even more? Like re- reach over five inches, or you know five years old, or that type of thing, rather than just grouping all those guys in in the same group, or you know um, like certain levels of underdogs or favorites. But yeah, we we can discuss that in weeks to come. All right. Because we're busy talking about lightweights, Jordan Levitt, or yeah, does, is it Levitt or Levitt? I, I always it's say Levitt. Levitt joke. Yeah, I always say Levitt uh, as my joke, but it is it is Levitt. The Monkey King is is you can call him. He's fighting Matt Sales, who is still in the UFC apparently, right? We haven't seen this guy for a long, long time. <laughs> it's been a minute. Robo, he, <laughs> he's Robo Sales apparently. Um, this is one of our very close to being a pick'em fight on the board. I don't find it that close myself, so let, let's break her down. Sales is eight and three, six knockouts, one submission, one and two in the UFC. He did lose his last fight, and he missed weight, and it was down a weight class, and it was December of 2019. Do you know? I know he had one fight canceled. Do you know any other intel on why he's been out two years? He, I know he gained 250. He was up to 250 pounds at one point no. in time during this layoff. Yeah, Get I heard out that, of here. There was an interview with uh, Jong Hyung Ko. Uh, do you know the the uh, writer, he writes for the All Star and and okay. a couple other places, South China Morning Press, I think. Um, but he did an interview with with Matt Sales, who said he at one point in time during this massive layoff weighed 250 pounds. He's five foot seven, ladies and gentlemen. So he's he's Zion Williamson, is he? <laughs> if Zion's not three bills right now, I would be shocked. <laughs> Zion, who who I have stacked on uh, stashed on my injury list, who probably he's going to be there the whole season the way things are going but that we're not a fantasy basketball podcast so wow so he's cutting down 100 pounds then <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure he's lost a bunch of the pounds before this week but yeah that's that's actually good intel um we joke around about our chunky guys but that is that is good intel that he's been now was it injury layoff is that why he gained the weight or was he uh, i don't i don't like i didn't the rest of the population i didn't read the, or listen to the rest of the interview i just saw the article about him weighing 250 pounds and read that it was yeah so that that's all i got right now but uh i'm i'm not sure what the other portion of the layoff was i'm sure it was at least partially injury and then possibly some weight loss time because he doesn't look like yeah. he could fight it heavyweight no <laughs> Five foot seven heavy would be fun, but um, he would make Chris Barnett look like a giant, right? Yeah, he would. All right, um, sales. 
he was on the Contender Series, where he went one zero. He's also in the defunct World Series of Fighting, which is now PFL, where he was one zero. He's four times more active striker than Jordan Levitt, based on their time in the UFC, um, which is actually quite a few fights, four, four or five fights when you count contender series. Uh, minus 110 coming back for sales. The Monkey King, Jordan Levitt, 8-1, uh, one, one knockout, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. One and one in the UFC, he lost his last fight after getting a scary slam knockout his first fight against handsome Matt Wyman. Uh, he's 1-0 in the contender series, two inches of height over sales, three inches of reach, one year younger. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 115. Uh, I will take the Monkey King myself. Well, and it's good that I'm going to start off with the positive money in the women because uh, I'm oh, going to take wow. Matt, Matt Salis. Um, is it Salis? I don't. I don't. Salis. I do that to, to dig me a lot of times when I mispronounce that. I, I actually pronounce it correctly. <laughs> I actually don't know this. How dare you? <laughs> I, I How dare you cor- pronounce things correctly and make me look bad? Okay, fine. I, I don't actually. Salis could work. It might be it. So it, it's it's Matt, but I'm picking Matt uh, because <laughs> Robo. Yeah, because here's the thing: is that yes, I agree. The long layoff worries me. Um, weighing 250 pounds at some time <laughs> in the last 12 months, it worries me. But if you go back and look at his two fights, with the exception of the the Bryce Mitchell fight, which, like, in retrospect anybody's out of their element fighting Bryce Mitchell, especially when Mitchell sprints across the cage and gets you down in, in the first two seconds. Matt Salis looked really good in his first two fights, like really good. Like he went toe-to-toe with Shaman Marias. He stuffed all of Shaman Marias' takedowns. He lost a close decision in that fight. Then he turns around and he absolutely beats the hell out of Kyle Nelson, finishes him with an arm triangle choke. Again, stuffs a whole bunch of his takedowns, lights him up on the feet. I actually think the thing about Salis here is that he's going to stuff a lot of Jordan Levitt's takedowns. Um, as long as he gets back up under the one or two he gives up, I think he's got a massive advantage on the feet. I, I think Levitt really exposed himself in that Claudio Puelish fight as a guy who simply just is like grapple heavy, but not just grapple heavy. Like, I don't want to say clueless. That's probably mean. Very, very, very limited on the feet. Um, and yeah. Salus is not that. Salus is very fast with his hands. So I- I'm going to pick Salus here. I think he keeps it on the feet enough, and I-, I think he can do a lot of damage as long as he can stuff those takedowns. Yep, all very, very good points. So this, maybe there's a reason why this is basically a pick him on the board. So, all right, we are differing on the first fight, but that is – that's what makes this fun. I don't think we're different on the second. I made my picks beforehand, and I see Dan. I think Dan's in on the same guy here. Uh, it is heavyweights, uh, not Matt Sales or Salas. He's he's not in this fight. He's he's apparently going to cut down 155 pounds. This is Dante Mays versus Josh Parisian. You may know Mays as Kong or Lord Kong. I think he keeps up. Uh, he keeps uh, graduating himself, so I don't know if he's if, what's above Lord. I'm not really he's sure. The, he's the Almighty Kong now. <laughs> the Almighty Kong, perhaps. He's Kong the, Island. <laughs> yep. There, it, this this can go a lot of places. Um, versus Josh Parisian, who has no nickname, so maybe he can have one of the discarded Kong nicknames. Um, we'll go in on Parisian first. Fourteen and four, ten knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once and submitted once, so he doesn't get finished a lot. Half of his losses have come via finish, but that's only two fights. Uh, he's been finished in. He's 1-1 in the UFC. He won his last fight after dropping his debut. He was 2-0 in the Contender Series. Uh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter where he lost his only fight. He was the Clip champ, whatever Clip is. That was some some fight league. 
he was in, he was the champ. Okay. Um, striking stats in his favor. Plus he's one and a half times more active landing strikes per fight than Mays. Grappling stats also in his favor. Despite all this, he's plus 160. Um, fill in the blank Kong. I Like I said, I'm not sure if he's still lowered or what he is by now. Uh, eight and four, four knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself once and submitted twice. Uh, he's one and two in the UFC. He won his last fight after dropping his first two fights. However, he's been out of the cage since November 2020. Do you have any intel on that, or is this just a pandemic type thing? I think it's just a pandemic thing. I'm I'm not sure why he's been out. He was he was uh, quarantining on Kong Island, perhaps. Hey, <laughs> hey, they wouldn't let people off Kong Island. Maybe that was the issue. Two and all in the contender series. Also, these guys have very similar resumes. He was a Hoosier HC champ, one of Dan's favorite uh, leagues to watch. I'm sure. Um, two inches taller. Two inches of reach, three years younger than Parisi, minus 200. Dan, tell them why we are going with the same man here. So first of all, I, I do want to share, because when you ask me what these random fight organizations all the time, and you're like, do you <laughs> yep. know what this one is? I had intentionally looked up what clip was ahead of time. So well, that you would I didn't ask, ask you. So then you would ask me, and then you didn't, and I could not be more disappointed, because it's it's Car- <laughs> Carlos Linus's international productions <laughs> that is actually i'm glad you did look that up uh, but that is against our, our our ethos here dan we do not look things up in advance we look things up on the air yeah it's much better radio that but i thought carlos lena's international productions uh is maybe the best name for a fight company but um we're both taking josh parisian here for a couple we of are. reasons um the first big one being um, Dante Mays for me is kind of just like a home run hitter as far as uh, his game goes. He he did change a little bit last time for the Roque Martinez win, but I'm a little bit worried that especially with somebody who sets a pace like Josh Parisian, he won't be able to keep up with it and he'll tire. Um, he tired pretty badly in, in some of his earlier UFC fights. So I'm worried that that's going to happen again here. And in addition to that, I also think Parisian has got a slight grappling advantage. Um, I'm not sure how often he'll go to it, but he's got good submissions. He's got good top control, especially if, if Mays gets tired. Um, I could see Parisian going to that, or I could see Parisian using it um, to tire out Mays um, and to stay away from that big shot. So I think there are lots of different avenues here for Josh Parisian where I mostly only think there's one for Mays. And and at the prices you're getting that, man, like what, what did you say? Plus 160 for Parisian? Yeah. Whatever you have it done. Yes, plus 160 is very good. That, yeah, yeah that, fight. That, that's a great number for a heavyweight fight where you essentially look at this fight as being like, I mean, like it's a coin flip if if Mays hits the big bomb, but if he doesn't hit the big bomb early, I, I think it's actually even further ways into Parisian's realm. So, yeah, I'm going with Parisian here, kicking off the uh, fight card with a pair of underdogs. There you go. Yes, I'm in on Parisian too. He lands almost two and a half times more strikes per minute than, than Mays. Dan was talking about him pushing the pace there. Also, he lands 50% of his strikes too, which is scary when you're thinking of him being a heavyweight. And like he doesn't have – neither guy has much in the way of grappling, but um, even the small grappling they do, Parisian is, is superior there. So, so everything's pointing to a uh, very live dog here, so we're both in on Parisian. Sadly, I would rather just be in on, on myself, but – Nonetheless, I'll drag Gumby along if I have to. Um, women's bantamweight, Raquel. Actually, this it says bantamweight on on Wikipedia, which is incorrect. This is a featherweight fight, right? That's correct. It most it, it was just changed to featherweight, I believe, earlier today. There was no reason given at the time. 
it's a short notice fight for one half of the um of the duo in this fight so that may be the reason um so so the women's featherweight division is just like doubled in size in a couple of minutes then right well, and I, like think this is, I think maybe this is the number one contender fight. It could yeah. very well, yeah. <laughs> I know I should have mentioned this last week, but I'm thinking Nunes uh, or Nunes. Do you call her Nunes or Nunes? I always say Nunes. I, I think it's Nunes. Yeah, a lot of people say Nunes, but whatever. Um, she's not listening anyway. Um, I'm thinking her loss is it's good news for featherweights possibly, especially if she loses a rematch, and definitely it's good news for featherweight division because she is still the champ there, and if she's not the champ in bantamweight, then why fight a bantamweight, right? Yeah, I, I think it would be good news if she loses the rematch. Yes. And I, and I don't think she'll lose the rematch. Oh, I, we yeah. were very certain heading into that fight also, but yeah. that's I, for I, another day. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that on a different time. Soon, probably soon, a few months, hopefully. All right, this one is Featherweight. Uh, I got derailed. Women's Featherweight, Raquel Pennington, Macy Chasson. Um, she is not from Quebec, even though Macy Chisson sounds like she should be from Quebec. No, it's uh, she's from Louisiana. There you go. That's right. <laughs> so you should be good at French if you're living down there. Yeah. But you don't know French, right? No, it's Creole. It's different. <laughs> yes, true. Tu ne comprends pas le français, non? Beignets. Okay. Rocky Pennington versus Macy doesn't have a nickname. She should have a nickname. Uh, Creole Quezon, Chason is her nickname now. Uh, Macy is taking this fight on short notice. Um, so, like I said, maybe this is both ladies usually fight down at Bantamweight. So maybe this is just uh, this is a short notice fight. They decided not to cut weight, which makes sense to me. Um, or it could be a number of contender fight, like Dan said. Um, Chason, 7-1 and one. as a pro. Two knockouts, two submissions, never been finished in a fight. 5-1 and one in the UFC. She's won two straight fights. Uh, she went 2-0 on the Ultimate Fighter and was the champion of – that was Featherweight, was it not? Um, yes, that, that yes. was a Featherweight. Yep. Yes. So, yeah, so she has fought a Featherweight before. Um, she was 1-0 in Invicta before all this. She's four inches taller than Pennington, five inches of reach on her, three years younger, striking and active striking stats in her favor, plus 155. Rocky Pennington, 12-8, one knockout, three submissions, 9-5 and five in the UFC. She's won two straight fights, uh, but only three of her past six, so half of her last uh, six fights. Two and one on the Ultimate Fighter. She has missed weight in the past, so maybe this will help her not having to cut weight. She was one and two in Invicta. She was the Destiny MMA champion. Do you know anything about Destiny MMA, Dan? No, I don't. I know, <laughs> about, I, yes. I know about Carlos Salinas international nope, I care production. About that. I don't care about that. Uh, she's got the grappling stats in her favor, minus one ninety five. I am going dog again. I, I I don't know if you're you have the balls to go dog three fights in a row, but I'm I'm going against my short notice stats, which say that a fighter taking a fight on less than a month's notice only wins 39% of the time. Um, I think I like Chason in this matchup against Pennington. Way bigger, slightly younger, better striker. Um, and Pennington's basically just like uh, an average UFC fighter. I, I always thought Chason had some had some real potential. Um, so, yeah, I, I think plus 155, I'll jump in on that. Yeah, I, I so first of all, I really do like Macy Chason. I'm I'm like a big fan of hers. I think you know she's a Fortis MMA woman, so like yep. th- there's a r- lot of reasons to like her. I'm just still not gonna pick her here. Um, mostly not because I don't think she has better potential than Raquel Pennington, or that her ceiling's higher, or that she's not gonna go on to great things in the future, but mostly just because I think Raquel Pennington is an awful matchup for her. Um, if you look back at Macy Chason's last couple of fights. You'll see uh, she got controlled by Lena Landsberg, uh, who most people see as a kickboxer and not much else. 
Um, and then she got yeah. taken down three times by Marion Renault. Now, granted, against Marion Renault, she popped right back to her feet and was able to win most of those rounds with her striking. However, Raquel Pennington, a lot harder to get up from underneath than Marion Renault is. And in addition to that, Raquel Pennington is also just fine wearing you out, holding you against the cage. And pretty much the only people who have done well against Raquel Pennington are people who are either physically stronger than her or able to get out from underneath her or up against the cage. And I'm not sure that that's Maisie Chaison, uh, at least not at this stage in her young career, right? She's only fought eight times. I'm worried because I've seen her controlled in recent fights by people who I wouldn't think could control her. And then you you put her up against somebody like Raquel Pennington, who 100% can control just about anybody in this division, with the exception of, you know, Holly Holm and Amanda Nunes. And, you know, like I mean, she even controlled Misha Tate, who's a good grappler. So, yeah, I think Pennington, unfortunately, is probably just going to, like, grind out a very boring decision here. So I'm going to go with Pennington. Uh, but Shison is a lot longer and a lot bigger and is fought at Featherweight before. So you don't think that's going to play a part in this? Well, to be fair, she fought at Featherweight against a whole bunch of other Bantamweights that they did the <laughs> Ultimate Fighter at. That's what Featherweight I mean, is, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, she fought she fought uh, Pani Kianzad in the finals, who is also now down at, at Bantamweight, too. So, um, you know, with the exception of, I think, on that show, Leah Letson might have been the only one who did not come down to Bantamweight afterwards, and most of that was because of some real weird health concerns she had after that. Mo- most of the women in that, that show wound up at Bantamweight anyway, so... Yeah, like, I mean, like, the size worries me a little bit, but Macy Jason has got some of the similar stuff that Stefan Struve has got going on in that yeah. she's very long, but she's not quite sure how to use it yet. And I think it's just, again, she she's not she's not super young, but she is, like, young in her career. And I think yeah. the more she learns how to use that, the more dangerous she'll be. But, like, I'm not sure she's gotten to the point where using that enough to keep Raquel Pennington away is going to be a thing. We shall see. So it's two out of three we are differed on. So Dan really is going to have a shot. <laughs> you, you, look so it's looking like you're going to have a shot unless we start to uh, sync up and the rest of the 11 fights. Before we get to those, a cliffhanger for you. WinBet, ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet has some brand new bonuses we have been telling you about the past few episodes. New users can bet a dollar and win $100 in any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a final deposit of $20 or more. Whatever your first wager is, WinBet will match it 200%. For example, you bet 100 you'll get a $200 free bet. That's how the math works. At least, that's how it works here in Canada. I think that's how math works elsewhere. Uh, max wager for the matching thingamajig is 750 bucks. So they will match you 1500 bucks. Now, Dan, I'm putting him on the spot again, but he expects this by now. He's a smart boy. Um, you expect me to ask about clip, which I didn't, but I'm asking about this. What are we going to use a bonus? <laughs> what are we using a bonus bet on now, Dan? I'm going to take the Knicks over the Rockets. Um, the, Knicks. They're, uh, they're the Rockets. In, hmm. The Rockets are awful. Dude. The Rockets so are on. They're, they've been on a tear, though. I mean, they've been on a tear because they, they beat Atlanta, right? But before that, they, they dropped a couple, and they dropped a couple kind of gruesomely. But 
Um, because they've, they've won a couple somewhat surprisingly here and there, I think you're going to see the line, which hasn't been posted yet, mostly because every single team is having to postpone large portions of their season due to COVID. Um, if I had to guess, I think you're going to see the Knicks right around negative uh, four and a half, you know, like slight favorites like that. I think they cover that without a problem. COVID is over. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay, good pick, good pick. Uh, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For Boosted Parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. And, yes, Dan knows about the NBA. He, hey, speaking of the Rockets sucking, yes. have, so as we tape right now, they're about to start the fourth quarter with the Cavs. They're down 100 to 63. Whoa. <laughs> I guess they do. I guess they do suck it once again. The Cavs are surprisingly good, though, let me tell yeah, you. That, that's true. They are surprising people. Yes, Dan does know his NBA, everyone. So get in on his, his picks. Um, also, get in over at PropSwap. We're also brought to you by them. America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. And we all have FOMO, right, Dan? Uh, yeah, that's right. Fear of missing out, FOMO. Come on, get hip, man. Kids <laughs> said that about 10 years ago, I think. <laughs> I'm sure it's still cool now. Uh, Prosop is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. You can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use pro- promo code SGP on your first deposit, and Prosop will double it up to 500 bucks. Double cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting, you need to be using Prosop. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale. And thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets on PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. $500 a month gets you far down. You, you, could, you, could, put $100 on, you could put $100 on five different fights. <laughs> you could. You could. Or on Alabama winning, and you'll probably always win, too. <laughs> All right, let's see how we are with this fight. Are we going to differ? Are we not? Hey, wait a minute. I forgot to write down something about Charles Jourdain. Most important thing about him he's, is what, Dan? He's Canadian. He's Canadian. Hopefully. He's not one of those gay Canadians, though, is he? I, we're not going to. We're definitely I'm not. I'm joking. We're not going to continue not, to he, touch the fierce side. <laughs> he's, he's not part of TriStar. Don't worry. He's, um, he's actually uh, – I don't think he's from Montreal, actually. I think he fights outside somewhere else in Quebec. Quebecois. He's known as Air Jordan. Uh, um, he is fighting featherweights against Andre Ewell. Ewell is Mr. Highlight. All right. Uh, Ewell, we'll break him down first. 17 and 8, seven knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out twice and submitted three times in his career. He's four from the UFC. He's 0 and 2 in his past two fights, including being TKO'd in his last fight. Uh, he used to fight at Bantamweight. He used to fight at Flyweight. He was the CES champ, which I don't need to ask you about. You know CES. Do you know what CES stands for, though, Dan? Yeah, Classic Entertainment and Sports. That's <laughs> an amazing name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not, as good. <laughs> it's not as good as Carlos Linus' no, man. international production. <laughs> I think we may have a, a subtitle for our, our podcast uh, this episode. <laughs> I'm always looking for a funny – I think Clip could be it. I just think or, Carlos Linus. <laughs> no, I don't even know who that is. Do you know who that is? I know he is international production. He is Mr. International, <laughs> they call him, apparently. Did you know that Andre Ewell was a pro boxer? He was on four as a pro boxer, though, not very good. He got six inches of reach on Jordan. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 165. I would like to reach more if he had striking stats in his favor. But um, Let's go to Air Jordan with his cheeky little nickname. 
He's 11-4-1, and one, eight knockouts, three submissions. So every one of his wins have come via finish because Canadians are finishers. Dan, we're finishers. Uh, he's 2-3-1 and one in the UFC. He lost via submission his last fight. He used to fight at lightweight. So we have a former lightweight versus a former flyweight here. He was a TKO champ, which is the big promotion up in Quebec. Uh, he's got an inch of height on Ewell. He's seven years younger. He's got striking and active striking stats in his favor, minus 210. It's interesting that the former flyweight has six inches of reach over the former lightweight. Um, these guys are built differently. Um, so, like I said, minus 210 for Jordan. It is you first this time? Yes, it's you first. So, uh, first of all, I will tell you that I spoke to Andre Yule, and I actually asked him a question about fighting at flyweight and how the hell he made it looking like he yeah. does. So he never fought at flyweight. Uh, okay. For some reason, Tapology has that, and whatever other databases have it, have it listed incorrectly. He was supposed to fight uh, that day at Bantamweight, and both he and Willie Gates, who wanted to make it to the UFC as well, both their opponents dropped out. They were a weight class apart and Willie Gates agreed to fight him, despite the fact that he weighed in a weight class lower. Um, so you will never drop to flyweight, but Willie Gates was already at flyweight, so somehow it got okay. listed as a flyweight fight. So he clarified that. He's never made 125. He said he used to have to dare, damn near die um, in order to make 35. As a matter of fact, he tells some pretty scary stories about making 135 on the Top Turtle MMA podcast this week. Oh, so my God. Um, blah, but, blah, blah, uh, blah, 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 Top I, Turtle this. With that being said, I'm still going to take Charles Jordan. Uh, my worry about Ewell here is just like Julio Arce kind of wrote a blueprint to beating him. Like, hit the body hard, quick strikes, don't let him build up any momentum. Um, you know, like when he comes in with that reach, you know, fire right back and hit him. And it's literally all of the things that Charles Jordan already does. Um, so like that, that worries me, right? Like if, if you like you here, you like his length, you like the number whatever, that's cool. But at the same time, like you just have to be concerned about the fact that he got lit up last time by a striker. He's going to face a guy doing almost the same thing who can follow the exact same blueprint this time and is bigger. Um, so yeah, I'm going with Jordan. As am I. Um, yeah, better striker. I tend to like to go with a better striker. Um, and he is the better striker here. So, um, and, but he's Canadian, so usually we get screwed over by Canadians. So we'll see. We'll see what this one brings. All right. So Dan won't gain ground on me there. Whew. Women's flyweight, Sajara Eubanks versus Melissa Gatto. Um, we got Sarge, S-A-R, capital J. Is how I saw it spelled. Is that correct spelling, Dan, of her nickname? Is sure. Is there a capital J? Sure, I don't know. <laughs> That's important to know. No, I'm an editor. I need to know these things, Dan. I, I'm not I'm not aware. Uh, All right, fine. If it is, we'll call it a, the capital J becomes a juicy J. <laughs> oh, no. That's my name. She can't have it. Um, Gatto does not have a nickname. Uh, or it's invisible, and I can't read it. Uh, she is 7-0-2, her being Gatto. She being Gatto, I mean. She's got one knockout and four submissions in her career. One known in the UFC. She won via TKO. She's got an inch of height on Eubanks, two inches of reach, 11 years younger than her. She's one and a half times more active striking, but that's based off of just one fight of data for her. Plus 145. Sarge, questionable spelling. Seven and six, three knockouts. Five and four in the UFC. She's on one and two over the last three. However, she won her last fight via TKO. She's three and all in the Ultimate Fighter, but missed out on the finals due to weight cutting issues. Uh, she has had issues in the past cutting weight. She has fought up a weight class of 135, but um, she seems good now at, at uh, women's flyweight, knock on wood. 
she was two and one in Invicta. Grappling stats in her favor, minus 185. I kind of flip flop in this one. Huge age gap and stuff, but I think I'm going to go with, with Sarge in, in this fight. Um, not a huge fan of hers, but uh, I think she may have things under control um, weight-wise and stuff. So uh, I'll be going with the favorite. I was hoping you would. Yes. I was going to take Gatto, damn it. <laughs> yes. Now this is my opportunity to gain even more ground. Yeah, I'm going to take Melissa Gatto here. I uh, I, I actually really like Gatto. I, I think not only am I really high on her skill set anyway, because she's got a great submission game. Like, she looks so good on the mat. I know she won her last fight by TKO. But, like, if you watch her grappling in that fight, very fun to watch. And if you go back, she actually submitted Carol Rosa, who's a – I think a top 10 women's bantamweight. Um, and she submitted her off of her back with a Kimura, which is really damn impressive. Um, Gatto's submission game is for real. And in addition to that, if you look at the way she grapples too, she's very physical and she doesn't need to get in on your legs for a takedown. She's got lots of good trips, including like a good inside foot trip, which she used against Victoria Leonardo. Um, I like her grappling a lot. And I think she can match that physicality of Sajara Eubanks. Eubanks might have a slight advantage on the feet, but I don't think it's enough to, like, really overcome all of these other issues. And I think as long as Gatto really puts turns that pressure up and forces her to grapple a lot early, I think you're going to see a really tired Sajara Eubanks. Because she, I really don't think she belongs down at 125. She's way too big for that division. So, yeah, I, I like think Gatto is going to pressure her a lot and probably pick up a late victory here. Ah, oh, you're so excited about this, aren't you? Yeah, I was really happy. I, I I had this one circled being like, I hope he has to pick first on this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had, yeah. I this I forgot to do. I went back a few hours ago, and, and the ones I had questions on, I did more research on and, and solidified my picks. Somehow I overlooked this one, or I may have ended up on Gatto. But all right, I'll stick with Sarge. Hopefully Sarge comes through for me. Uh, more we have a, uh, a, a smorgasbord of chunky guys. We have another chunky guy fight here. Justin Toffin versus Harry Hunsucker. Is Hunsucker a chunky guy? I yeah, can't remember what he looks yeah, like. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> okay. I Ten thought confirmed. so. <laughs> All right. Do you know what Toffin's nickname is? Junior, right? No, that's uh, his brother. Ba- nope. Bad his, man. Uh, Very his good brother nickname. is Junior Toffin. He fights too. I think he's an amateur. Yes, right. Yep. And then we got Harry the Hurricane Hunsucker. <laughs> Harry the Hurricane <laughs> Hunsucker is a very good name. Triple H. He's Triple H. Um, he's seven and four with three knockouts, four submissions. So everything's a finish for him. And he's been knocked out four times. So every single one of his fights have been a, a finish of some sort. Him getting knocked out or his opponent getting finished by him. He's only won the UFC where he got TKO'd. He's gotten lost, win, loss over his last three fights. He was only one in the Contender Series. He was the HR MMA champ. Do you know that one, Dan? I do, but I only know it as HR MMA. It's yeah. uh, like a Midwestern promotion. It's all HR professionals fighting one another? Is that what it is? That's it. That's the whole thing. You think that would be a human resources problem if they were fighting. <laughs> but I guess if it's if it's uh, in a cage and stuff, it's okay. Um, two inches of height, one inch of reach over Taffa, plus 260. Uh, the bad man, Taffa, four and three with four knockouts. One and three in the UFC. He's lost the last two fights. So this could be um, put up or shut up time for him. He was the XFC champ over in Australia. He also was a pro rugby player or rugby league. I think that's different. Rugby and rugby league are two different things, I think. Yes, I've been, was... I've, I've been explained that too by uh, when I talked to Alexander uh, Volkanovsky right. once. He like then... stopped me and was like, this is, I, I was in rugby league. And I was like, okay, I have no idea what the fuck that means. Yeah. And then the Australian rules football is something totally different, right? 
but not really different. I think I I, I don't I don't know the answer. To that. <laughs> and then and then soccer football is something totally different too. That's correct. Um, yes. yes, I know that. All right. Anyhow, he played some kind of thing with a ball where big men crash into each other. I think. I think that's safe to say. Uh, based on their last weigh-ins, he will be 16 pounds heavier than Hunsucker. Four years younger. That's not based on weigh-ins. Uh, striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor, minus 350. Big line for a heavyweight uh, undercard fight. Yeah, I, I still think it's safe, though. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Harry Hunsucker. I, I think nope. he, he looked pretty bad in the last one. And granted, he was up against Taitui Vasa, but he didn't look good on Contender Series either. I will also say this. The big problem with Justin Taffa and why he hasn't won recently is that in in his last couple of fights, he was very passive, like very passive, like waiting for the fight to come to him and then lost weird decisions. Harry Hunsucker like just brawls. So I think what we're going to see is a guy who brings out the best traits of Justin Taffa. Like Hunsucker might have a chance if he just like stayed on the outside and just decided to play patty cake with him and score enough. But I don't think he'll do that. I think he'll blitz in and eat a counter and just go right to sleep. Um, if Hunsucker was a, a character in Mike Tyson's punch out, where w- he would be slotted behind who? You think Glass Joe probably would be first, and then what? Hunsucker would be the next guy, or maybe he'd be farther <laughs> along because he's a heavyweight. I'm I'm okay with him being the next guy. <laughs> next guy, okay. Yeah. Before Don Flamenco and and all those guys. All right, fine. Uh, where what would be his weakness, Dan? I mean his his jaw. I mean he's been knocked out four times, okay. right? Yeah. So yeah, so he'd have like a band. He'd have like a bandaid on his jaw. And yeah. uh, what would what would his towel be? You know, oh, they man. all have towels that you have to. Yeah, do, I, your, I do. Your you're, you're you're making me be way too creative here. Usually, I. I just... Would his belly his belly wobble or something? <laughs> his his belly wobbles as he yes. begins to wade in. <laughs> yep, and that's that's when you uh, mash and, and you mash his chin, and then you use the uh, the star you have. Uh, saved up to uh, to the knockout blow. Okay, so we're, uh, I'm going with Justin Toffa. I don't think I made my pick yet, but yes. Justin Toffa is the pick. Um, Harry Hunsucker fights like his name sounds like he would fight, like Dan explained to you. So he's the pick. Um, let me tell you about Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash up for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand-new company looking to grow the early adopter community. They have a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we do love using it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on better fantasy. Did you do prop bets down in Alabama, Dan? Was it legal, I, was it legal I, in I, Alabama, Louisiana? Probably not for a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Technicality. Uh, plus, Better Fantasy has added a cool bonus. If you can get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give the league a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from trophysmack.com. Totally free to play. Download today on the iPhone or Android. Check them out. Betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com SGPN. Oh, I wish I didn't have to pick this one first, too, because it's got a last-minute new guy in it that I don't know much about. Dan's probably savoring this one. Bantamweights, Roni Barcelos, Barcelos excuse me, versus Victor Henry, the aforementioned newcomer. Um, do you know what Henry's nickname is, Dan? Um, it's the uh, Spanish word for mongoose. If I'm oh, not damn it, he does know. He knows too much about this Henry guy. Oh no, maybe I should pick, I should pick him. Does it mean I pick him or not? Yeah, la mongoose, la mongosta, the mongoose. Um, what kind of fighting style do mongooses have, though? I don't really know much about mongooses. So the, in in um, 
man, I, I don't want to get the culture wrong here. But in a so one South American culture, they have uh, mongoose fights where they fight a cobra, um, if I'm not mistaken. And the mongoose just tries to oh, grab yeah. the throat of the cobra as fast as possible and holds on. And basically, if it can hold on long enough to choke out the cobra, it chokes it out. Uh, but otherwise, the cobra strikes and kills it. They're so cute, though. Um, <laughs> is, is, is that how – I'm looking at pictures, obviously. Is that how Victor Henry fights? Does he go for the throat and tries to yeah, choke people out Yeah, I would, say, I would say it's an apt nickname. <laughs> All right. All right, let's, let's give you his, uh, his backstory here, his resume, at least number-wise. 21-5, six knockouts, eight submissions. So we're talking 20, fight number 27 will be his UFC debut. Um, this will be a short-notice debut in the UFC. He's never been finished in a fight. I should mention that. He lost five decisions. Uh, he's on one win-loss win over his last fight. In the last three fights, he did win his last fight via submission. That was for the LOXF championship. He also was the deep champion and the CS champ. I don't know CS, but whatever. He was a CS champ, too. Hopefully Dan has info on that. I'm just going to brush, breeze right past it. Uh, he made his debut in 2010. Don't know. Um, I can't do a reach breakdown here because I don't have his reach info. So he could have – do mongooses have long arms, Dan? The pitcher yeah, does have, not they have look little, like they have, little, they have little short arms, yeah. Okay. Well, we're guessing that Barcelos may have a reach advantage here based on mongooses. Plus 275. Uh, Rione Barcelos, I'm going to nickname the Cobra for this fight since you said Cobras, right? I believe it's Cobras in, in the, <laughs> okay. the example that I – I think it's a coach of mine at one point in time used the analogy. <laughs> Very good. That's Dan had good coaching through the years. Um, Barcelos, 16-2, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's 5-1 in the UFC. However, the one was his last fight, which he lost. He used to fight at featherweight. He was the RFA champ. He was the Shudo champ. Both two leagues I know, and I'm not going to ask Dan about because he knows them too. Um, if I know him, Dan knows them. So, like I said, he fought uh, weight class off his band weight. Um, he was a B or is a BJJ champion. He also a wrestling champion. Minus 290. I'll go with Barcelos. Please and thank you over a a journeyman newcomer. I'm also going to go with Barcelos, so you can feel you can feel good about that. But I will say I'm tentative in picking Barcelos. Um, Victor Henry has put together like a very amazing career. You mentioned in deep. He fought in Japan yep. for a while. Um, you know, he's 21 and five and has wins over Kyler Phillips and Alberto Morales, who are both UFC veterans. Kyler Phillips, who was just recently in the Bantamweight rankings, not all that long ago. So like, he's a guy who's fought a lot of high level competition. He's made a name for himself. I, I don't like the, the reason I'm not picking him and the reason I'm not, you know, going for it here is that he's taking this on short notice, A, and B, he does fight kind of wild and recklessly. That, that's part of the mongoose style, right? Like, he just goes for it. And I think Barcelos is just, like, the right guy to take advantage for somebody who's just a little too wild. Um, Barcelos, like, catches kicks well and trips people and Barcelos, um, you know, ducks underneath your, your wild hooks and takes you down that way. And Barcelos makes you pay on a counter that you whiffed on hard. So like, yeah, I just think Barcelos is the right kind of guy to make Henry pay for the fact that he's going to be a little bit too wild for his own good. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Barcelos here as well. Plus in all the Kung Fu movies I've watched and all the Wu-Tang I've listened to, I've never heard them say mongoose style. So I don't, <laughs> I, it can't be an effective fighting style, right? I, I, yeah, if Wu-Tang says it's not. No, they talk about horse style, monkey style, but no, not, not a uh, mongoose style. All right. Well, that's a relief that I, I, I'm not, 
I have fear of missing out on on a newcomer that I don't know much about. So I'm glad I didn't whiff on that. All right, here's an easy one to pick. Dan's boyfriend's in it, who won him plus 455 or whatever. Um, this is middleweight prelim main event. Dustin Stoltzfus versus Gerald Mearshart. A couple of interesting last names. Uh, Mearshart is GM3, a.k.a. The Machine. What's the three in GM for? Am I missing something he's easy Ger- He's Gerald Mearshart the third. All right, yes, I am missing <laughs> something easy. Correct. Stoltzfus does not have a nickname, so maybe he can be GM3 and Mearshart can be The Machine. Does that work? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Dustin, GM3 Stoltzfus. Let him know. That's his nickname. He... He is 13 and 3 with two knockouts, five submissions. He's 0 2 in the UFC. He lost his last fight via submission. Uh oh. That could be an issue. 1 0 on the contender series. He's the FFA, was the FFA champ. He's four years younger than Mearshart. More active striker, plus 180. Um, GM3, Gerald Mearshart in the machine. Um, Mr. Daniel Vreeland. Um, now, I guess he is he are you Mr. Gerald Mearshart or is he Mr. or Mrs. Daniel Vreeland? I, I don't think we're I don't think we're linked you know that closely, but but uh, I mean, the plus 440 he got me earlier definitely uh, does make me love him to a certain extent, but it's mostly platonically. <laughs> if it's because of what Faraz said, us Canadians don't feel that way. He doesn't speak on our behalf, Dan. So it's, okay. <laughs> it's OK to admit it. He's by no means our. our you're you're uh, going to keep bringing him back to <laughs> Yeah, because if, if people are assholes, they should be called up for being assholes, right? That's, uh, yeah, I, I suppose that's true. Yeah, he should plus, be plus there's no chance he listens, right? Oh, his little brother might listen, though. His little brother. Um, I do really like Iman. <laughs> he, he is a nice guy. He, yeah. like, he retweeted an article of mine where I picked against him. He obviously didn't read it. But. <laughs> and he thanked me for writing nice things about him when really it was you that wrote it. <laughs> anyhow. Um, hopefully he does not share his brother's beliefs. But um, anyhow, Mirashar, 33 and 14, six knockouts, 25 submissions. Uh-oh. And Stoltzfus lost via submission as his last fight. Uh-oh. Um, Mirashar has been knocked out three times, submitted eight times. So it's it's killer be killed with this guy. He's eight and six in the UFC. He's won his past, past two fights via submission. He's definitely on the upswing here late in his career. Uh, he was the RFA champ. He, another back-to-back RFA champs here. He used to fight up at light heavyweight. He made his debut way back in 2007. He is an inch taller than Stoltz, Fuss, which is an annoying name to say. Uh, two inches of reach over him. Striking and grappling stats over him. Minus 230. Tell everyone why we're picking Mirashart. He's an obvious pick here. I, I mean, there's no real breakdown here other than the fact that the only reason these two are fighting is because both of their opponents fell off and they right. happen to weigh the same thing. Um, because th- there's no reason to have these two fight. Mearshart is an expert grappler. Stoltzfus has been having trouble with people grappling him. One is coming off of one of the biggest wins of his career in a two-fight winning streak. The other one, two-fight skid. And wh- while he did lose by submission, I'm going to cut him a little slack. It was to Rodolfo Vieta, who is a fucking yeah. beast on the mat. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, that, you could say something about that, but you don't really need to. The, the bottom line is, is that one is a really great grappler. One's been having trouble with grapplers. You go with Mearshart here because uh, this fight should have never happened in the first place. Just like Nunez versus Pena does not require much breakdown, right? Easy pick. Oof. Seemed like it. <laughs> <laughs> oof. I got an oof. All right. So that wraps up the prelims. And I think you have you went in on a lot of dogs that I'm not in on, which, yeah, you uh, things, things could break well for you, Dan. Things could break well for you. Um, we'll get into the 
ad uh, promo ad free sponsor free main car. Actually, our sponsors sponsor all of our podcasts, but I won't mention any of them uh, until I mention our last couple right here, and then that's it. Price picks. Don't forget about price picks. We already mentioned them earlier on. Dan gave you picks. Winning picks, obviously, because Dan giving them to you. Um, so remember, head over to PricePix.com, use Dan's picks after you get signed up and get your 100% deposit bonus because you're going to use promo code SGP because you're smart people. And SGPN app, obviously, uh, all the smart people have it already, but if, if maybe you haven't heard of it till now, but the SGPN app, we are now live. App Store, Google Play Store, we give you easy access to all our picks, our podcasts, our news stories, our different promos. We're always giving away money instead of... Uh, Instead of giving it to me, they give it away to you lovely people, which is fine. But, um, yeah, so get the app um, and win stuff. And if you could, toss us an app review. Tell everyone how great we are so we can grow our fam here at SGPN. All right, main card time. Like I said, or Dan said, 7 p.m., main card ESPN+. Plus. We start off with a banger, possibly fight of the night, early contender, um, featherweights Cub Swanson versus Darren Elkins. First of all, what's Cub Swanson's real name, Dan? Is it Cub or is Cub a nickname? No, no, Cub's a nickname, if I'm not mistaken. No, he's the one. Who, oh, yeah, it's, it's Kevin. That's what it is. Oh, did you look it up? Yeah, I had it open. Damn it, I, Dan. I have the tapology pages open when we talk Kevin about Luke, it. Kevin Luke Swanson. Do you know he has a nickname other than Cub, too, apparently? I mean, kill, Killer Cub. Killer Cub. Killer Cub. Yeah. His cub sh- killer should be spelt with a C or cub should be spelt with a K. I'm oh, all I don't about like, the alliteration. I don't, I don't like either of those. Did you know Max Holloway's first name is not Max? I think I did know that, but I don't know what it is. But yeah, Jerome. I think I knew it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jerome. I was thinking it was a Hawaiian name, but nope, it's Jerome. Um, killer. So you're not into the um, Vince McMahon thing, uh, alliteration. Everything's got to be like killer KK or CC. You know, I know that with, with Swanson. No. No, no, I'm not into that or or like restaurants that do the same thing that dress. Oh yes, yes. Uh, how about are you into Darren Elkins' nickname, the Damage? Yes. Are you into Are you into his chest? Tech, yes, of course chest I am. That's like bubbled. That's like bubbled up. Are you into getting a tattoo in that style with my name on it on your face after this week? <laughs> no, because I'm. Doesn't be that big. I'm a gonna win and b <laughs> that's. He's the damage. Nobody else can be the it's true. Clearly nobody else can be the damage, right? No. Let's see if he's gonna see if we think he's gonna get more damage laid upon him. Um he's the damage that is is twenty six and nine. Nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted one time, so thirty five fights, he's only been stopped four times. So um he does take a lot of damage. He just doesn't get stopped. Um sixteen and eight in the UFC. He's won his last two fights. Both of you finished TKO and a submission, so he's not fading out yet. Looked like he was, though, because he was on 0-4 skid before he won the last two fights. He made his de- UFC debut in 2010. Um, before that, he used to fight at lightweight. Uh, he was the C3 champ. Uh, he made his pro debut in 2007. He's two inches taller than Swanson. He's got interbreach, plus 165. Killer Cub, 27 and 12. 12 knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out twice and submitted seven times. He's 12 and 8 in the UFC. He's gone 2 and 1 over his last three fights. However, he did lose his last fight via TKO. Uh, his two wins over his last three, or his only two wins over his last five, uh, sorry, last seven fights. He's gone 2 and 5 over his last seven. He made, his, he made his UFC debut a year after Elkins, 2011. He used to also used to fight at lightweight. He was uh, in WEC, WEC Never Die, um, where he went 5-3. and three. He made his pro debut in 2004. Um, 
striking and active striking stats in his favor. Uh, minus 210. Do you know what interesting thing I learned about Cub Swanson, Dan? In his 30s, will be his fight number 40. He's no. never cha- never challenged for a title in any promotion ever in a fight. That's wild. Not he's not never, even not even clip. Not even, no, I don't even think he made it in. The, I don't even think he made the cut and clip. Wow. Yeah, I know. That Carlos right. Linus is a hard ass. He is. <laughs> he is. All right. Uh, I think it's you. Yes. Right? No, I just I no, just okay. took Gerald Mearshart. Right. Killer Cub, better striker. Um, he's going to lay the damage on the damage. Um, not totally cool with the minus 210 number. Um, I think it's going to be a war, obviously, but um, probably go the distance because these guys are monsters. But, yeah, I like Swanson. I'm going to go with Elkins. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think uh, that crazy uh. bastard, especially at this number, right? Like you mentioned, yeah. the number is not pretty for, for no. Swanson. And, and especially because, like, Dude, Elkins just can take the most savage-ass beating that you can yep. dish out. And, you, you know, Swanson doesn't have the best track record against grapplers. Um, you know, like, people will point to his win over Kron Gracie and be like, oh, look, he can stuff this grappler. Oh, look, he can stuff that grappler. Well, no, Kron Gracie's got shitty takedowns, right? Like, he's a yeah. jiu-jitsu master, but he's got shitty takedowns. But, like, if you go back and you look at Cub Swanson's record, you know, against guys who can take him down, like, Hanato Moicano took him down, like, fairly easily and submitted him in the first round. Um, so, like, that's got to bother you a little bit when you're thinking about Cub Swanson. And, yeah, like, I mean, he didn't have to defend a takedown against Giga Chikadze, and, you know, he didn't have to defend a takedown against, uh, you know, Shane Burgos or something like that. But Daniel Pineda had him down and was controlling him too. And, you know, not that Pineda's not a good grappler, but I tend to think he's a step behind Darren Elkins. So, yeah, I'm going to say Elkins here with the upset. Uh, give me some of that plus money. Ouch, ouch, ouch. But, yeah, I agree. This is I, – I'd say this is much closer to a pick-up fight than a plus 210 uh, – minus 210 fight, very, very sure. But I just pick winners, Dan. I, um, I, I don't make the line. So, all right, moving on to lightweights. He still lists as Carlos Diego Ferreira, but I think he just goes by Diego Ferreira now. He's no longer CDF. He's fighting Matias Gamrot. Dan gets all the easy ones to break down. Um, Gamrod is the gamer, and Ferreira does not have a nickname because he already has three names. Um, that's that's the reason why. He's Ferreira, that is 17-4, three knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out himself twice, so half of his losses have come via knockout. He is 8-4 in the UFC. He's lost his last two fights. Before that, he was on a six-fight winning streak. He lost his last fight via TKO. Uh, he has missed weight in the past um, because he's also, he's fought at Welterweight, and he's also fought at middleweight. Uh, so he's fought at 30 uh, weight class, what, 30 pounds heavier than, than this lightweight one. He was the legacy champ. He also the STFC champ, whatever that is. Um, he also was a grappling champion. He made his MMA debut in 2011. He's got four inches of reach over Gamrot. He's more active striker, plus 165. Matias Gamrot, the gamer, 19-1 with one no contest, six knockouts, five submissions, never been finished in a fight. Two and one in the UFC. He dropped his debut. Do you know who he lost his debut to, Dan? Uh, yeah, he lost to Guram Kutataladze. If oh, I'm not mistaken. I wanted you to say that. And who Guram the hell Kutata. is that? He, he's not uh, been he's seen a, since then. He's another Georgian. I think he's having visa troubles to get back to yeah. the the US. But Guram Kutataladze, actually a pretty fun prospect. Although uh, Gamrot won that fight. The judges. Oh, here that. we go. <laughs> well, he he officially won his his next two fights. 
Um, did not leave those up to the judge's deci- decision. Knockout and submission. Um, KSW, which is coming up this Saturday, Saturday and Saturday or Friday? Saturday. Um, right? Saturday. Oh, I Saturday, think Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Right. morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, Dan had had picks on our previous podcast for that, but he was the a two-time champ, a two-weight class champ, I believe, in KSW. Because uh, he used to fight down at featherweight. Um, we just mentioned our KSW guys, generally uh, one of the rarities there. He is a grappling champion and a wrestling champion. He's got inch of height over Fajera and five years younger than him. Striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor. Minus 189. Over to you. I'm going to take Gamerot. Um, As am I. I. I'm a huge fan, first of all. Yep. I, I think he's, he's incredible. Um, I think he's probably got top 10 UFC potential right now um, and could potentially even move further than that. You know, like I said, I, I think the one loss on his record is kind of BS. I think he ought to be 20-0. and 0. Um, He's shown he's got incredible grappling. He's shown he can box with people. I, I think pretty much what he does with Fajeda here is up to him. Like, I, I think – he could decide to grapple and just be on top the whole time because I don't think Fajeda is going to take him down. And I think he could just choose to turn it into a boxing match, which I also think he wins. So, yeah, I like Gimrod a lot here. And you may even see me later on throw him in a parlay. Oh, hashtag throw him in a parlay, y'all. Um, yeah, Gamrot is my pick, too. He's, he seems to be um, what he was advertised to be uh, heading into the UFC after his little slip up, which Dan says he won that fight, but um, he technically, uh, officially lost the fight, uh, his debut, but yeah, I, I think he's a real deal, and Ferreira, he, like, he won six straight there and looked like he was putting it together, but uh, looks like those days are in the rear view now, so yeah, it's definitely Gamrot, and I like that number too, as Dan said, uh, minus 29 is a very nice number for this fight in my in my eyes. All right, Bantamweights, Rafael Sunstow is back, he's fighting Ricky Simone, um, no nicknames here. Uh, Simone is the cousin of someone who just fought recently. Vince Morales. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I taught you that, I think, didn't I? Uh, no, I've interviewed both Vince Morales oh, and Ricky Simon back-to-back, I think. <laughs> whatever. All right. Um, here, here's the headline. Angela Hill keen to relieve fighting blue balls after cancellation-heavy 2021 run. Did you know that Angela Hill had blue balls heading I, into this, Dan? I sure do now. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be breaking her down next, but uh, I just saw that headline come across. And that, that is a very important headline. Only in MMA would you see that. Um, all right. Let's tell you, let me tell you about Asunsau first. 27 and 8, four knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out himself twice and submitted twice. 11 and 8 in the UFC. He's lost his last three fights, though. His last loss was via knockout, and that was way back in June of 2020. Do you know when his last win was, Dan? Ooh, I don't know that. No, 20, uh, 2018. I think it was like summer 2018. So we're, we're over three years now. Um, used to be a top Bantamweight uh, contender up to the past, what, three years, I guess. Uh, he made his debut in the UFC in 2011. He was in WEC, which we say never die because it lives forever in our hearts, where he went three and two. Used to fight lightweight. Used to fight featherweight. Uh, he made his pro debut 24, 2004, excuse me. Um, striking and active striking stats in his favor over Simone, plus 245. Do you know another interesting stat about Asunso, Dan? I don't know. Just like Cub Swanson, never has, he's never challenged <laughs> for a title in any promotion. Isn't that weird? It's wild. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a new thing I'm going to track because it's so strange. But we have two on this card. They both started in 2004. Both have been, what, top guys pretty much. And mm-hmm. neither have even, even challenged for, for a belt. So weird. there you go. 
Ricky Simone, he has uh, he has been a champion in a promotion. Uh, he's eighteen and three as a pro, five knockouts, three submissions, six and two in the UFC. He's won three straight fights, one low on the contender series. He was the LFH champion. He also used to fight at lightweight and featherweight. He's uh, got an inch of height over a sunset, three inches of reach, ten years younger than him. Grappling stats in his favor, minus two sixty-five. Uh, Simone is the obvious pick for me. Um, I think he's a very good fighter. Plus, we're talking a decade younger, and Sun Tzu has not won over three years. So I think Simone I, is the easy pick here. I also think Simone is wildly underrated. Um, yeah. Like, like, in all honesty, like you, you go back to the fact that when he was first coming into the UFC, he beat Marab Devalishvili, Montel Jackson, and Ronnie Yaya back-to-back-to-back. He got caught by a weird punch by Uriah Faber just 46 seconds into that fight, and then loses to Rob Font, which is really, I mean, like, those two losses set him way back. People instantly, yeah. like, kind of wrote him off. And, like, those in retrospect are not bad losses. He's proceeded nope. to beat up Ray Borg, Gaetano Perello, which was a last-second replacement for Brian Kelleher, and then Brian Kelleher uh, when he actually got that fight. So this is a guy who's beaten Marab Devalishvili, although some people will definitely debate the end of that fight. He's beaten Ronnie Yaya. He's beaten Montel Jackson. He's a really, really, really great wrestler. I think he just out-wrestles Rafael Sunsau for the entirety of this fight. Yep, he is the, an easy picker. Um, but beware, we, we have said that before. Um, women's strawweight, we move on to Amanda Limos versus Angela Blue Balls Hill. Um, actually, she also goes by Overkill. You may know her more by that nickname. Um, Hill, 13-10, five knockouts. As a pro, she's been subbed twice, and that's it. That's only two times she's been finished in 23 fights. She's 8-10 and 10 in the UFC over two stints. Is it two stints or three stints? I think only two. Two stints. Uh, she's only won one of her last four fights. She lost her last fight. She was 0-1 in the Ultimate Fighter. She also was in Invicta, where she went 4-0 and was the champion. She also was a pro kickboxer. She's at plus 310. Mena Limos, 10-1-1, seven knockouts, two submissions. She's been knocked out once in her career. She's 4-0-1 in the UFC. She's won four straight fights, two straight via uh, TKO. She was a jungle fight champ. She used to fight up at Bantamweight. Yeah, she used to fight two weight classes above, um, above strawweight. She is the inch taller than Hill, got an inch of reach on her, two years younger. She's more active striker, better grappling stats, minus 350. It's your turn, correct? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to take Lemos. I, I mean, like, yeah. I, I don't think there's much to say here, again, other than I mean, she put an absolute beat down on Montserrat Ruiz last time. She can really box. I think she's more physical than Hill. And not that Hill doesn't have some, like, good kickboxing, but, like, we're looking at a kickboxer who has, like, some real power behind it and probably the ability to grapple, up like, Angela Hill if she really wanted to, too. So, yeah, I think she's got, like, a ton of advantages here. Uh, and I think while while I may not be, like, all over the negative, I don't remember the number you exactly 350. said, three, 350 line. Um, it like, she, she definitely should be a favorite here, and I'm going to take her just to avoid losing the $100 by getting it wrong. But Yeah, she is, she's a pick. She is, yeah, I'm not big on any, I would prefer not to bet any 350 minus 350 lines, but we have to bet, and we have to bet 100 bucks in every fight. Um, she's quietly getting herself up into title contention, I think, or making herself, uh, appear to be a title contender in, at strawweight. Lemos, yeah, I think I think she needs. A, I didn't think she needs a big win, and I don't think yep. Hill is it. But like Hill is probably the, she's probably the fight that gets her. You know, uh, Michelle Waterson or uh, somebody of that nature. Yep. 
Exactly. It's another stepping stone. Um, all right, co-main event, welterweights. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Bilal. Remember the name, Mohammed. Two classic uh, nicknames here in welterweights co-main event. Um, we'll, we'll remember the Bilal Mohammed stats first. He is 19-3 with one no contest. Four knockouts, one submission. So he's, he's, I think he's one of the guys who I think of as a, as a finisher, but he's not. Um, Ten and three with one no contest in the UFC. He's on the hottest streak of his, at least his UFC career, where he's he's on five zero and one over his last six fights. The one uh, blemish being a no contest due to an eye poke. Uh, he was a Titan champ. He was also in Bellator. He went two and zero. He's five years younger than Thompson. More active striker, better grappler. This is based on stats. Plus one ninety five. Uh, Wonderboy Thompson, sixteen five and one, seven knockouts, one submission, eleven. Yeah, he's another guy you think of as a finisher, but not really. Uh, half of his fights, but uh, not not huge, huge amount. He's 11-5-1 in the UFC. He's gone, he's won two of his last three, but there are his only two wins over his last five. So he's gone 2-1 and 2-3. and, and three. He's lost his last fight to Gilbert Burns. Uh, he made his debut, MMA debut, back in 2010. He's 58-0 as a pro kickboxer. He's got an inch of height over Muhammad, three inches of reach, minus 250. Over to you. No, over to me, over to you. Over to you. Over to me. <laughs> oh, damn it. All right, I'm going to take Thompson. Um, I think he's got um, still got a bit left in the tank. I'm not a huge fan of, of the line, but I think he still has enough in the tank to beat Mohammed. Um, I think he can the, – the grappling is a bit of a, a concern, but I think his his odd striking style uh, added with his – his uh, reach advantage should should help him um, on the feet, and I think he can, he can squeak out a decision win here. I am also going with Warner uh, yes. Johnson, and I will also say this: I am a huge fan of the line. I think the line yeah. is absolutely juice to the gills for for Wonder Boy. Like this is a thousand percent something I plan on using in a parlay. So like you mentioned, Bilal Muhammad should have some sort of takedown advantage. He has that like to his his game. Like if you go back two fights, Bilal Muhammad fought Diego Lima and went one of ten on takedowns. Um, and Diego Lima is not as good at keeping distance as Wonder Boy. He's probably not as good at taking, you know, defending takedowns as Wonder Boy. You know, you go back to Bilal Muhammad's fight with Lyman Good, and he went 2-8 on takedowns against Lyman Good. So, yeah, like, are his stats a little bit higher? For sure. But most of them come, like, very early in his career. I mean, it's like the fact that you said, oh, he's got like, four or five TKO victories. He hasn't gotten a knockout in five years. So, like, even four is an inflated stat. Like, so I don't think Bilal Muhammad has the hands to stick with Wonder Boy for any sustained amount of time. And I also really don't think um, he's going to get him down. So I, I think Wonder Boy on the feet all day here. Yeah, Wonder Boy is used to people trying to take him down. That's basically his whole career is people have been trying to, to take him down. So Wonder Boy is the pick. All right, main event. Heavyweights, Derek the Black Beast, Lewis versus Chris Dalkus, who does not have a nickname. Um, I think it should be Philly Cop. What do you think? Like Crow Cop, he'll be Philly Cop. Because that's <laughs> what he is. He's you, a cop. You, gotta, He's a cop. you gotta make it shorter. So it'd be Phil Cop. Phil, fine. <laughs> Phil the Cop would be a very good nickname. Phil, Phil the Cop. Um, all right, let's break this one down. We'll start with the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. 25 and 8 with one no contest. Oh, this is a chunky guy fight, by the way. Um, I am remiss to uh, to mention that. Um, one of our favorite. 
loose chunky. Loose, yeah, both. No, Lewis is not loose chunky. Lewis is solid. Um, he's a black beast after all. He's 25 and 8 with one no contest, 20 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself five times. He's 16 and 6 in the UFC. He's won four of his last fights, four of his last five, excuse me, fights. His only loss coming, he got TKO by Cyril Gone in his last fight for the interim title. He was the LFC champ before this. He made his pro debut in 2010. Uh, based on the last weigh-ins, he'll be 34 pounds heavier than loose chunky Daukus. Uh, three inches of reach. Got grappling stats in his favor, plus 108. Um, Daukus, 12 and 3, 11 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself twice. He's 4 and 0 in the UFC. He's won five straight fights. He's four years younger than Lewis. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's three and a half times more active striking. Minus 135. All right, Dan gets to break down the main event first. I'm going to take Daukus. Um even at the favorite money, I'm going to take Dawkins here. I, I think I think Dawkins is – well, first of all, let's let's just say Dawkins on the feet is not surreal gain. Um, but I think he does enough of the same things here that allow him to beat Derek Lewis. I, I think he he does a good job of avoiding big blows. I think he does uh, – he's extremely fast. I think he uh, does a good job of making sure to maintain distance when he's not ready to strike. I, I think he does all of those things, and I think he's got crazy knockout power. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Dawkins here. I think he gets it done against Lewis. Um, th- this fight is a dangerous one to bet because, you know, we always run the risk of Derek Lewis just doing Derek Lewis shit. But um, I'm going to say he doesn't here, and I'm going to go with Dawkins. Um, and I am going, despite uh, everything you said is true, but I am going with Derek Lewis. That's yeah, because, away. because it, cause all, he could be faster, he could be better, he could be more Doesn't technical, matter. and it just fucking won't matter. <laughs> because basically, Derek Lewis only loses in title fights. Um, Junior Dos Santos is the only guy who's beaten him in the past, like, recent memory, who, uh, which was not a title fight. Um, yeah, he, he just knows how to fight. He's way bigger and powerful than pretty much everyone he fights. Um, you know, I think he can uh, – Dawkins has never fought anyone on this level. So th- this actually will be an interesting uh, – it could tell us if Dawkins is for real, and it could also at the same time tell us if if Lewis is, is done for. But, yeah, Lewis over what? Since 2018, he's lost to Daniel Cormier for the belt, uh, then Junior Dos Santos in the next fight, and then Cyril Gain, uh, his very last fight uh, for the interim title. So he beats – he beat Ningano, Volkov, uh, Ivanov, Latifi, Olenek, Blades. Dawkins hasn't basically fought anyone um, on the level of any of those people. So um, I'm signing with Derek Lewis uh, until he proves me um, proves me wrong. So he's my pick. So we've differed once again, Dan. So you have hope. I do. I have quite a bit of hope. <laughs> you, do. you do. All right. You got some props and parlays along with that hope. Yeah, so um, I got three props that I particularly like for this weekend. Um, you know, you mentioned Stephen Wonderboy Thompson not being a huge finisher, but I actually think he gets this done with a finish. Um, I'm really? going to say, yeah, I'm going to go say he gets it done with a TKO, um, and you can get that price on that TKO at 350 which I, I really like. Um, and, and so that's like my, my lone reasonable one. The next two ones are real DGen plays that I think uh, the, right. the Slack's going to love. The first one is Melissa Gatto by submission. Um, you know, she's fighting Sajara Eubanks, who probably will try to grapple at some point in time. And Gatto has caught people off of her back. People like Carol Rosa, 
who is a lot better than, than Sajara Eubanks and a lot more talented on the ground than Sajara Eubanks. And so the, the odds of Gatto doing it, not terrible. And you can get plus 800 on Gatto by submission. So um, I, I think there's a chance she even winds up on top of uh, Sajara Eubanks. Um, but even if she winds up on her back against Sajara Eubanks, man, I, I, I like the fact that you can get that kind of odds on it. And speaking of crazy odds, this one goes even higher than plus 800. I told you guys before, I really love Matthews Gamro, uh, and I, I'm going to pick him straight up a lot in a, a whole bunch of parlays and stuff like that. He's up against a dude who is very good at jiu-jitsu in Carlos Diego Fajera, but I will say this, Gamrot's jiu-jitsu is very good in its own right. Should they wind up in a grappling match here, if Gamrot can catch him, which I, I'm sure is is less likely than some of the other plays, plus 1150. Um, and for me... I mean, just like a small stab at plus 11.50, I think it's worth it for Gamrot here. So, yeah, um, those are my ones. Wonderboy knockout uh, and give me Gatto and Gamrot uh, both submissions. And Stay away from the Gatto one, everyone, because I didn't pick her. So. <laughs> Which in the last few weeks has meant definitely play it. Um, so for our special parlay, uh, I took only people that both me and Jeff both selected um, for oh, our 10 one so parlay. Sweet. Look at that. So the first three, I believe, were all the three that I saw in Super Jan, Super Pant Junk's parlay earlier this week. Oh, yes. Week. He had an yeah. early parlay. Yep. He had an early parlay, and I'm going to steal the first three members of it. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm going just off of memory here, he had Ricky Simone, uh, Matthews Gamera, and Gerald Mearshart in a three-person right. parlay. Um, so if you had those three already, you're going to get two to one. Um, so plus 200 there on those three. If you would like to get to the 10 to one line that we usually try to do here on the show, you can add Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who I think is just going to batter Bilal Muhammad and Josh Parisian, who we picked earlier on the card. Uh, he is an underdog, but throwing him in that parlay is going to take it all the way up to almost 11 to one, actually. So that's Simon Gamrot, Mearshart, Thompson and Parisian. And Don, Don, I called you Don. The podcast is almost over. Jeff's uh, getting silly here, but uh, Don Gumby Vreeland actually hit one of his crazy parlays too. That was thir- thirteen to one. That was thirteen yes. to one. I take it you haven't hit any any others, or I would have heard about it. Correct? I think we I think we hit one early when we started doing this at ten to one. Um, yeah. And I was just like awful at tracking them back then. I used to like ask me for them, and I just like fucking click my way through it on on best fight odds yep. and not track it but now i'm tracking them um and, and you, I, we've only hit one we so we, we've only hit one since then <laughs> all right in, in the new year we, we'll be uh tracking it more i guess he already started so um all right lock time i'm first so i'm taking the gamer matthias gamrot i love the minus 189 number uh, on him in that fight so he is my lock lock it in all right that is a good one thank you let me pick yours gonna, for you too. I'm gonna take Wonder Boy. Okay. Wow. Yep. You're really in a, I was thinking you might have taken Muhammad. I wasn't positive on your pick here. I, I thought about um I, I thought about taking Mearshart here, who I, I also like in this fight. Uh and actually the odds are close enough that I probably did. But I really like Wonder Boy here. I, I think Wonder Boy is gonna just ab- absolutely beat up Bilal Muhammad. So um yeah, Wonder Boy, my lot. Dan says forget the name is what you're saying, correct? <laughs> We, I feel like we had a whole show where we joked about we did, <laughs> we did. Do not, do not, I do not recall the episode, but do not recall the name is what Dan's saying at least this week. So, all right, 
I think that, I think that's enough nonsense. We have to save stuff for Sunday. We are back Sunday where we will do a recap and we'll have our hundredth episode extravaganza, which will probably be nothing to tell you the truth because we don't plan things, guys. We're good gens, just like the rest of you. But we'll we'll uh, we'll have good times and good cheer, and we'll we'll talk about fun things. I'm sure. Um, hopefully, no one says anything dumb before now and Sunday, so we don't have to talk about it and call them out. Uh, in the meantime, Jeff Fox writer on Twitter. He's Gumby Vreeland. You can listen to his Top Turtle podcast, which he talked about like 50 times this episode. It's like an infomercial here. Um, you didn't mention the prelim picker, though, did you? Prelim primer. Uh-oh, <laughs> I'm doing it again. Not even on purpose. And Okay, let me think. Prelim. Uh, prelim you, can, you don't remember which one it is. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, let me think. Prelim. I don't get to sleep enough, Dan. Let me tell you. It's screwing my head. Prelim primer. No, that it was the primer. you call him. Is it? No, okay. you're right. You're right. The picker was the column thing you straight. All right, prelim primer, he, which is a podcast only about the prelims, because that's actually where we make a lot of our money here. So, I, I always like to make jokes about that, but it's actually a good idea because um, we're we're pretty good at picking uh, prelims. So, and Dan has smart people on that. Sometimes me. So that's when it's not smart people, but usually it's smart people, except when he's stuck for a ho- for a co-host, and then he gets me in. So he's got that, and he's got Top Turtle, which he talked about already with his other husband, uh, Shockwave Dave. And this week you have on – I already forget. I, this week we had on Stephen Wonderpoint Thompson, the aforementioned, yes. and uh, we also had on Andre Yule. That's right. You were telling me Wonder Boy was set up, and I didn't hear how it went. So now I'm going to actually hear when the podcast drops how it went. Very good. Was he, is he as nice as he seems, Dan? Twice as nice. Uh, oh my yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Like it, it, it was almost surreal how nice he was. Like he, he, I was like, like, like people say he's nice all the time, but like I got him on the phone and he was like very appreciative of doing an interview with me, which is always a good feeling, but you never expect it. And he like really made it sound like he had a good time. So whether he sounds like that for everybody or I just did a good job, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to do. He should be like it's the friggin' Top Turtle podcast. Of course, he's going to be excited, Dan. Yeah, of course. Yeah, come on, top, come on, top solid, of the line. dude. Top of the yes. line. It's been around forever, so for crying out loud. Um, all right, I think that's all after. Oh, you can read our stuff, obviously, of course. MMA-manifesto.com. The last pick'em contest of the year is up there, so at the very least, enter our free contest and win some free stuff. This site's uh, Sports Gambling Podcast is giving away fifty dollars gift card to anything anywhere in the world that you want so enter that um read our stuff dan's got stuff up there i got stuff up there you know how it goes and sports obviously where we write about i'll have my ufc column up tomorrow dan will have tomorrow's nba for you too right thursday dan will have his nba dfs picks up for tomorrow night which he's you're pretty good at picking dfs aren't you I am, I'm, I'm all right at it yeah i do pretty recently, damn well he's, yeah he's all right um and I think that's it. I think we've, we've hyped enough. Um, oh, and subscribe to our podcast if you aren't already. Sports Gambling Podcast. Um, we, we are on the Sports Gambling Podcast feed, but we go out a day or two later on there. So if you want us fresh and second we're out of the oven, not on the uh, the, the 10% off uh, or 50% off um, ready to eat now clearance rack, then get us on the MMA Gambling Podcast dedicated feed. I think I'm running out of – see what happens at the end of the podcast. I get kind of out of it, right? I call you Don. I start rambling about things, and I guess I better take us home. Um, 
this concludes the Gumby and Juicy podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. I would be Juicy Jeff Fox. He would be Gumby Vreeland. And we'll be back in your ear holes on Sunday. Bye-bye.